This is HPR episode 2564 entitled Intro to Fossil. It is hosted by Klaatu and is about 33 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is Klaatu talks about the fossil version control system. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. You're listening to Hacker Public Radio. I want to talk about Fossil, the source control management system. This is something I've been playing around with lately just because a friend of mine, Cobra 2, doesn't, won't stop bugging me about it. He keeps telling me, oh, you should try Fossil. And I've ignored him for a good, oh, I don't know, two years. So finally, last month or so, two months ago maybe, I, I decided I was going to finally try Fossil. And I tried it, and I, I quite like it, actually. And you might think, oh my gosh, are you saying that you're not going to use Git anymore because you've got a whole series on Git on Hacker Public Radio. And indeed, I do have a whole series of Git, and I'm not walking away from Git by any means. I just think that it's good to have a variety of, of tools. That's one of the advantages of open source. So looking at Fossil, finally, after several years of being bugged about it, um, I've, I've looked at it. And darn it, I like it. It's a really solid tool. I'm having a good time with it, and I thought I would share it with you, the friendly Hacker Public Radio audience. So first of all, of course, you need to install Fossil. If you're on Linux, you can just pull it from your software repository, you know, sort of a DNF install Fossil, maybe, or Fossil-SCM. I'm not sure which one that would be. On Slackware, it's just Fossil, so you can just pull it down from slackbuilds.org and compile and install. Or, of course, if you're on another platform or if you like to compile from source manually yourself, then you can go to fossil-scm.org and go to click on the Downloads tab on that page, and you'll see all the different downloads that they, that they offer. So that's easy. That's the easy part, getting it installed. So let's review some of the basics, and that's really, you know, disclaimer here. I, I don't know that much about Fossil yet. I've only been using it for a couple of months, and, and then only on one project. And it's a, it's a, it's it's a single person project. I'm not collaborating with other people over Fossil. It's it's very limited my use my usage so far. But um, I still want to introduce you to it. So that's what this is going to be, an introduction to the basics. So I'm going to make a new directory, and I'm going to call it hpr-fossil. And I'll just do that so that everything's sort of self-contained. Although, to be honest, fossil is quite self-contained itself. You'll see what I mean. So um, the, the first command that you want to issue when using fossil, probably, is... Well, the first one should be a fossil help. That gives you a list of all the, the sub-commands that fossil has available to it. So if you think of of commands like, well, certainly like git, but I, I know that there are quite a few others that I'm not thinking of right now, um, where you've got sort of the, the main, well, zipper on OpenSUSE. Uh, you know, you've got the command, and then you've got like that sort of verb afterwards. That's how it kind of fossils structure as well. So you have fossil and then a, a bunch of other like fossil commands that you'll be issuing. Now, you don't have to do all of this 
from a Unix shell, you certainly can, like I am, but there are other ways to interface with Fossil, just like there are other ways to interface with SVN or Git. The the big one that I am that that I know exists is called Fuel F U E L, and that is a cute based GUI interface to Fossil. I've never used it, cannot vouch for it. So uh, Fossil says that there are well the the, the command that you would probably latch on to as, as if you've used version control systems before is init, I-N-I-T, for initialize. Now, that is actually uh, symlinked or synonymous with new, N-E-W, which I think not everybody knows what init means. It could be initiative, it could be initial, be initialize. All of them are related, obviously, those terms, but uh, init does not necessarily to a lot of people mean create a new project here. So I'm going to be progressive, and I'm going to use fossil new, because I like that. And then I'm going to give it a, sh a, um, a project name of show notes, because that's what I'm going to be working on as I do this example. I'll be documenting the example for show notes. All right, so it spits out a bunch of information at me. One is the project ID, one is the server ID, and one is the admin user. Now this is unique, to me at least, coming from, from Git. I, I had no concept of this, that, that there would be an admin user of the repository that you're creating. So the admin user is CLA2, the initial password is, it gives me like this little random six character string for my uh, initial password for the repository. So I'm going to copy that to my clipboard, just because I'll probably paste it somewhere in a moment. And and this is kind of a hint of, of the things to, to come, because uh, in, in Git, of course, there is no there's no idea that someone owns a repository, really. I mean, the the instance of that Git repository that you have on your computer is your instance, and you are the admin user of it. But this this thing is telling me that there's an admin user of this of this repository, almost like something like Gitolite would have. If you don't know what Gitolite is, I did a Hacker Public Radio episode on it previously. You should go listen to it sometime. I mean, if you're interested in administering Git. So here's a repository that I have. If I do an ls, sure enough, there is a single file called show notes. If I do an ls-a, because that is what I did the first time that I was doing this, uh, it's still just show notes. There are no hidden files. There's nothing extra here. This is the repository that I've just created is called show notes, and that contains everything. That's really kind of cool. It's 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 a file. It is a, a single file. The repository is just one file. In fact, if I do file space show notes, it tells me the show notes file is a fossil repository, specifically SQLite 3 database. SQLite 3, what an interesting choice the author of fossil has made. Um, so now we'll do uh, fossil open show notes. And it spits some more information out at me. I won't cover it all because not all of it is relevant, but the something to note is that the comment is that this was the initial empty check-in, user Klaatu, and the check-ins so far has been ha have been one. There have been one check-ins so far. Well, then it's time to generate some more data and start committing some data to our to our repository. So I'm going to create a new file with Emacs and call it shownotes.html. And into this new file, I'm going to type some instructions, which 
should ideally contain pretty much everything that I've done up to this point and a step or two thereafter. So I'm going to create a new fossil repository with fossil new show notes, add the work with fossil add show notes.html, uh, and then commit your work with fossil commit m for message, I guess, or comment added show note HTML file. All right. So now I'm going to actually follow through on those things. So if I do an ls now, I see show notes, the repository file, and I also see show notes.html, which is the show notes that once you, by the time you hear this episode, will be in the show notes of a of Hacker Public Radio. So that's two files. So if I do a fossil status, it shows me that I still only have my most recent commit. So there's a comment, which was the initial empty check-in. So that's that's all I've got so far in Fossil, is just that one thing that I did when I first created it. In order to get my new work into my repository, I need to first add that file to a kind of staging area, so that when I do a commit, it pulls that file in off the staging area and puts it into the repository. And it's probably worth mentioning that this staging area is not a physical place. It's not We're not actually moving my file into some other directory or anything like that. It's, it's almost like we're tagging it to be added at some point. So I'll do a fossil add show notes.html, and that tells me, in no uncertain terms, added show notes. So now nothing's, nothing's been committed yet. It's just added. It's, it's sort of ready to go. And in fact, if I do a fossil status now, I get all that information plus a line at the bottom that says added show notes.html. So I know that show notes.html, that file that I just uh, added to my, or that I just created, is imminent. It is going to be committed the next time I tell fossil to commit stuff. So now let's tell fossil to commit stuff. So I'm going to do a fossil commit dash dash comment or dash m if you're lazy, and and then I'll put the message added show note HTML file. So notice that I didn't have to tell it what to commit. I just told Fossil to commit, and it it committed stuff. What did it commit? Well, it committed everything that was waiting to be committed. So if I do a Fossil status now, remember last time it said added show note dot html at the bottom of that message. Now it just comes up with a, a clean state. It tells me, yep, here's your repository. The latest thing that you did was added show note html file user clatu. I think a really great way to demonstrate the next thing is to break stuff. So we're going to open up, actually we'll just do an echo, quote, oops, quote, and then we'll redirect that into shownotes.html. And now if I were to do a cat of shownotes.html, of course I would get one line instead of the show notes that I've been building as I've made this episode, and that would be a bad thing. So how do I revert back to to the file, that I, to the last known good version of a file in Fossil? Uh, well, we could do Fossil help and kind of review some of these these commands. I'll just tell you, I'll cheat and just let you know that it's the, the, the subcommand for reverting to an old file is revert. So fossil revert shownotes.html, and it tells me, again, sort of in big capital letters, hey, we've just reverted shownotes.html, and it even helpfully tells me that, hey, if you didn't mean to revert, you can undo the revert. So, so first, with fossil undo. So first, I'm going to do a cat of shownotes.html. Yes, all of the contents are there. That it's been restored. It's been reverted. 
but let's pretend for a minute that no, I didn't mean to do that. So now if I do a fossil undo show notes.html, it undoes that reverse revert action. If I do a cat, I'm back to oops. So now I can do fossil revert again to get back to my original file. So at this point I can make other changes to the file and I can do other I can add it again with all my changes and then I can commit it again with a message some updates and so that's kind of your 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 daily routine would be fossil open at the beginning of the day do your work and then yes, you can do a fossil close. So if I do fossil close show notes, yeah, just show notes, then you are closing your connection with the, the database. Uh, the fossil help close is the opposite of open. Close the current database connection requires a dash dash force flag if there are unsaved changes in the current checkout or if there is a non-empty stash. Probably won't talk about stash, but the the thing about this is that that when you're finished you want to you want to commit all of your stuff or or do whatever you need to do with your your unfinished work and then close out your database connection now it's pretty resilient and if you don't close it and 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 turn off your computer or something i haven't had a problem i'm just saying you can close the database uh, yeah the um the repository thereby severing the connection with it. Now, at this point, with it closed, if I, let's do an echo, oops, again, into shownotes.html, and then I try to, let's say, add shownotes.html, fossil add, then it tells me that the current directory is not within an open checkout. And just just the same, if I tried to do a, a fossil revert shownotes.html, gives me the the same error message. So now if I do a fossil open show notes, it detects that the local version like my my copy of this file has changed since the last time I've had my repository open. So it is asking me should my repository in show notes the the database file overwrite home clatu hpr fossil shownotes.html. So in this case, I'm going to say yes. So now if I do a cat of shownotes.html, I've got my full file there that I had committed earlier, and and my, my oops echo into that file is is now reverted. So that's something to be aware of, that there is an open and close state in fossil. I don't really know if there's an equivalent to that in other control version control systems, but that's the first time I'd really come across it. Okay, so that's that's the basics of Fossil: creating a repository, making change, or creating data, adding it, committing it, screwing things up, reverting it. That's more or less the workflow for Fossil. Let's really briefly look at this this thing that everyone's really excited about, which is the interface of Fossil. So it turns out interestingly that fossil has its own is, is its own host in fact if you go to fossil-scm.org you're looking at a fossil repository i know that seems crazy but it's true that is that is a fossil repository you can see this on your own computer in action 
So I've got fossil open. I'm going to do fossil open show notes. Okay, so that's open now. Well, it was already open, but I've confirmed that it's open. And now I'm going to do fossil space UI. And it says listening for HTTP requests on TCP uh, port 8080. And it even launches a, direct, uh, a um, file, what are they called? Web browser. Uh, con in Conqueror, no less. I wonder how I set that. I must have set that somewhere. Well, anyway, um, what I'm looking at here is an unnamed fossil project, and I'm looking at the timeline. Now, this is a, a fairly, I don't want to say fully featured website, but, I mean, it, it kind of is. It's got more features maybe than you'd think it would. So I'll, I'll kind of quickly go over a couple of them. So... Um, up in the right corner, I see that I am logged in as Clat2, and I can log... Well, if I click Log Out, it won't actually let me log out because I'm, I've launched this from the Fossil UI. But what I can do from this page, from this ostensible logout page, is change my password or update my password. So remember the password string that it gave you. It was like six characters when you first create the, the repository. If you use that in the area where it says Change Password, then you can uh, you put the old one in the old password box and put a new password in in the the new ones and then click update and that changes your password. It then drops you off at the the main well the home page for your for your repository really. So right now unnamed fossil project slash home and it tells you this is a stub home page for your project. To fill this page in, first go to setup slash config and establish a project name, then create a wiki page with that name. The content of that wiki page will be displayed in place of this message. So if I go to set up config, there there are text fields here. I could put in, I think this was HPR fossil show notes, so I'll put that in. And there are other options like, you know, descriptions for the project so that visitors to the site would know what it's all about and so on. So you can fill all that stuff in, have a look at it yourself, uh, apply the changes, go back to the home tab to get the browser to refresh its its view and indeed it says now HPR fossil show notes slash HPR fossil show notes uh, if I click on the timeline then it does show me kind of a view of all the different commits all what three of them technically and you can look at the a file listing so it shows that that you've got this file here you can click on it and it tells you the history of this file you can look at the text contained in the file, or you can look at the HTML, an HTML render of the text in the file. It is, it, it's pretty much, like if you think of a, a typical GitLab or GitHub or whatever online rendition of a Git repository that you are used to, it is, it, it, it's, it's that. It has, it has its place for documentation, it's got a little wiki on it, it has got all a, a listing of all the branches and of all the files contained in the repository. It's got a ticketing system built in. It's got everything that you would expect to find from you know one of those sites, self-contained, just as a feature. As as a feature of you know, it's just included with the package. It's just it just comes as is. You get all you inherit all of this. It's actually quite amazing if you think of how many people really do believe that something like GitHub, for instance, has revolutionized Git by by adding all these great features and, and you know they kind of go crazy over it. And Fossil just has it all bundled in as part of as part of the repository. 
is really really crazy and and so every repository is its own hosting service in a way i mean it's not because you still need a place to put it online or or in your intranet but it comes with that interface that interactive interface for everyone to to contribute to in some way and and obviously it has its own user management system you can add users you can uh, grant them permission for, to different users permission to do different things all that stuff it's it's all if you just go to the admin tab you have all kinds of different options in the admin section and, and this is all driven you know by SQLite I guess and and it's all within that little tiny repository file that you created at the very beginning of this episode it's very very impressive I, I don't know how to go on about it enough it, it's just when you see it in action like really see it then then you kinda get a feel for just how cool it is and it's funny because for two years my friend Cobra 2 has been telling me what I'm telling you now. It's, it's amazing. It's got it's all this stuff built in. Didn't care, didn't care, didn't care. But now that I'm seeing it, I'm really excited about it. It's really, really cool. And when I say really, really cool, I mean the, the potential is really, really cool. Because frankly, I'm not going to use half of these features. And, and I guess that's, that's why it took me two years to try this. But, but I could see myself using these features. And, and I, I, I can see myself using these features uh, for certain projects, you know, this 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 could be really really ideal for for a certain set of of projects that maybe don't need to have the kind of um, stumble upon chance that others others do. I mean, I've always said that about those Git hosting sites. The the, the real the real advantage there is that. Or well, the the primary advantage for me is that they mirror my stuff. It's an, a quick and easy way to get pretty cheap and easy cloud host, you know, a cloud backup of a lot of the data that I, I th- that I produce that I'm going to publish publicly anyway. So that's nice. But the other one is that there is that opportunity for people to kind of stumble across them because they think, you know, because they're just they're looking around on Git something. And, and they find a project that they they can use or fork or contribute to or whatever. All right. So now what we're going to do is we're going to put this thing on a server because that is, I think, I mean, while you can use Fossil locally just fine, uh, I think part of the the real reason that one would think to to use Fossil is to then distribute distribute the code or the contents of the repository. So we will move this. First, I'm going to do a fossil close to close the connection with the database. And then I'm going to go over to a server, just the Raspberry Pi that I have in my house running running uh, NetBSD. And, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. Looks like NetBSD, or at least whatever I installed, I mean, I know that it's NetBSD, whatever version of package source I installed on my NetBSD Pi, it's a very old version of Fossil. And I'm afraid, so if you do Fossil version, it will tell you what version you're on. And on my Slackware box that I'm sitting at right now, it's version 2.6. And on this NetBSD, it's 1.3, and on... 
uh, Debian server that I have access to. It looks like it is 1.29, so that's even older. So, okay, so I'm not going to do that right now just because I've experienced problems with older versions versus newer versions. So what I'll do instead is I will just do it locally and it will be the same, same, same theory, just slight, you know, I'm just doing it locally instead of actually over a server. Uh, I, I do know that this works from server to server and, and it does even work uh, bridging the versions. Like it, it doesn't, it, it, it still has, it still has got the functionality, but but I've had problems going from something that was created in a very new version of Fossil, sending it back to an old version of Fossil and expecting it to work uh, smoothly. So uh, if I go the other way, it's fine. Um, and I, I haven't really followed up on that, so don't take that as an authoritative word on that subject. But that's what we're doing for now. So I'm going to look at my hpr-fossil folder. And inside that folder, we know that we have show notes and shownotes.html. So the fossil repository is not hpr-fossil. It's not the outside. It's not the parent folder. It's the actual file. That's what. The, that's the thing that I keep having to remind myself. So I'm reminding you probably over much. So I'm gonna make a new folder called hpr-clone. Yeah, and then I'll do a fossil. Uh, clone, and then you have to prefix the kind of clone action that you're doing with either file, colon, slash, slash, or SSH, colon, slash, slash, or I think uh, HTTPS, colon, slash, slash. So I will do file, colon, slash, slash, and then, strangely, another slash. When in doubt, put another slash. And, and I'm saying this, again, because when I was cloning stuff before, I kept doing a clone from an SSH colon slash slash uh, example.com and then I do colon and then like tilde slash path to fossil. Well, don't do it that way. Uh, it, it ate one of my slashes or it, it ate a character or something. And so the point is when in doubt put a slash in front of your in, in front of your absolute path because fossil you you, you might Fossil expects prefixes more often than you might be used to from other um, version control applications. That's what I've found. So file colon slash 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 that's three home slash clatu slash hpr dash fossil slash show notes. That's the repository. And then I need to give it a destination. So I'll, I'll do this as show clone. It goes out to the fake server that we're using and grabs show notes the fossil repository and drops it into my current directory as show clone so now i can do a show i mean a fossil open show clone and it sort of extracts if you will show notes.html and dumps it into your current directory if we do a cat on show notes.html everything is there as expected so now let's transfer some data back and forth so We'll just really quickly. Uh, I guess let's just add a new a new file at this point. So I'll just I'll do a Emacs test file.txt. I'll put some text in here, some text in here. I'll save that. And now I'm gonna instead of I'm not gonna do any I'm not gonna add or commit yet. I want to do one thing to to kind of emphasize something to you. 
So there's a, again, if I do a fossil help, you can see this, but I'll just tell it, tell it to you. So fossil remote dash URL. And that reveals to you what this is a clone of. Okay? So in this case, it's just another file on my hard drive. That's pretty easy to access. It is something that I have available to me. And and if it had been an SSH, or if it had been a, a server, and I had all the SSH stuff sorted, like the uh, keys and things like that all installed for, for the different, for, for copying uh, between the two servers, then that would be accessible. And the reason I'm saying that is because now I'm going to do a fossil add test file, and then I'm going to do a fossil commit dash m for my commit message, and I'll say that this is a new file. And now this commit, as you as you watch it, if you if you were to watch it, uh, it it doesn't auto sync after it commits. So that means that it actually goes out to the remote copy of this repository, and so you're pushing the change essentially. You're you're committing it to your local repository, but you're also pushing it to your remote. So in fact, if I go cd dot dot slash hpr dash fossil and I do a fossil update nope uh, sorry it's not open so fossil open uh, and as it opens actually it detects that it has a new file committed to it it copies or it, or it sort of extracts test file dot txt from the repository and places it into my local directory and it even confirms to me that yes there have been four check-ins now and it, the latest comment was, here is a new file from user Klaatu. So the two repositories are now equal. They are the same. So as you can see, it's it's fairly easy, actually, to implement a a, a shared fossil repository. I mean, uh, things like Gitolite exist for Git, but fossil just has that built in. You put your fossil, fossil repository on a server that the internet can access, and now your collaborators can they they can you can create accounts for them they can log in clone repositories push changes branch things file tickets just everything that you would want to do in in any kind of online hosting thing now if for whatever reason maybe you don't have access to a server that you can put your fossil repository onto if if for some reason you want hosting like github style hosting that isn't just your fossil repository. There is such a place. It is called Chisel App. That's C H I S E L A P P dot com. And it's a free hosting site for fossil projects. I don't know who runs it. I don't know where it came from. It is referenced on the fossil SCM website. So fossil at least knows that it exists. But I don't know anything else about that site. I do have an account there. I did throw some data on there for kicks. It's been working pretty well so far. I haven't really used it all that much, to be honest. But but I, I've 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 kind of been trying it out a little bit, and it it seems to be capable of some things. So there you go. There's the um, I guess that social coding or whatever they say that that experience of hey, I want to look at a bunch of random open source projects. Let me let me see a bunch of repositories, and then clicking through that'll give it. That, that'll get you that experience. That's about everything I have on Fossil. I hope this has been informative. 
if nothing else, I hope this has encouraged you to try out Fossil. Don't be like me, kids, and, and be blind to other options in the open source world. Try different things. For instance, Fossil instead of Git. Uh, that said, I'm big fan of Git, and I'm not suggesting anyone migrate one from the other, but I do think that they're both handy tools to have, and open source is all about choice, and who knows, maybe you'll be in a project with, with people who, who just cannot wrap their mind around Git, or don't want to use it, or for whatever reason think that that's not the right choice for their project, or maybe you need something with an easy, a quick and easy web interface for people to go interact with. Fossil may be the thing that you're looking for, so check it out today. Have it in your back pocket when you need it, or switch to it for all I care. I don't know. I don't have a horse in this race. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.